Hey guys, it's Nika. Welcome back. I'm here with Katie. Hey guys, and welcome back to the second ever episode of the Miss Independent Podcast. We're so excited for our talk today. Today, we're going to be talking about what it means to be a broke millennial and how to get clear on what you want. We'll talk about saving, budgeting, and let's see where the conversation goes. I think Nico wanted to start off this podcast by, you know, relaxing the mind, body, and bank account and starting this off on a positive note. Today, we're going to do things a bit differently. I'm going to ask you guys to get outside if you can, get out of your regular space. We're going to do a reflection exercise, and I need your full focus and attention here. If you can, go for a walk. The fresh air will help you clear your mind. Sit down. Find a comfortable seated position. Somewhere where you can close your eyes for a few moments. And I'll give you a few moments to settle in. But you can also just pause me for a moment while you find your comfortable seated position. Now I need you to bring your attention to your breathing. Notice how you inhale. Drawing deep inhalations into your belly. Extending your exhale longer than your inhale. Inhale again. And exhale. Let all the air out. Now we're going to go up an elevator. So I want you to visualize two steel shiny doors right in front of you. And the doors open. You walk in, press your floor, and it takes you up to your dream life. Now you come out as you, 10 years older, as your ideal self. Everything you've been working towards has come to fruition, and you've made it. Now I want you to notice where you are right now. What's around you? What do the walls look like? What does the space look like? Who are the people that are in the room with you? This version of you is fully possible. You just need to understand what you're working towards. And then when you get clear on what you want out of life, then you can start working backwards and setting goals and helping yourself achieve your wildest dreams. The first time I did this exercise with my life coach, Eva Redpath, shout out to her, amazing woman. I came out in a hockey arena which is a little bit weird, but let me explain why. I've always wanted to have a lot of kids. So turns out in 10 years, I'm a hockey mom. <laughs> and this is something that I don't really talk about often, but I want to have a lot of kids, guys. I want to have five kids, which is kind of crazy, I know, but everybody has different goals or different things that they're working towards. So I started thinking about financially how big of a commitment it is to have five kids. And I did some research and I found out that per year, per kid, roughly until they're the age of 16, they cost $18,000 a year. So 18 times five is 90K a year 
that goes towards just their basic existence. Things like food, healthcare, daycare or school. If it's, you know, basic public school, just paying for excursions and things like that. And that's insane. $90,000 a year would go just towards my kids. And that doesn't include rent or a mortgage and paying for basic expenses like transportation and also being in a position where you're financially comfortable. So I realized after doing this exercise with Eva that where I see myself in 10 years and where I am now is very different. So if I want to make that dream a reality, that's something that I've got to be cognizant of and something that I need to be working towards, especially if I want to help my kids out like my parents did, which I'm so grateful for. Katie, let me ask you this. What what did that ideal life look like for you? Oh, putting me on the spot. Um, yeah, so I didn't really have the kids in mind, but I had, when I came out of that elevator, I was in a home that me and my future husband just bought, and we were starting to decorate it, and I was so excited picking out, you know, like, colors of our walls and all that stuff, so, um, yeah, I think buying a home and being happy with my significant other and comfortable is something that I want in the future. In the immediate future. Okay, so buy, buying a house, right? That's a really, really big financial commitment. And for a lot of millennials, like we're looking at these housing prices. Me and Katie right now are sitting in Toronto and oh, yeah. it's insane. Like I was, I was literally on realtor.ca today looking at, you know, just a two bedroom home in the city and they start at a million dollars. Like you can't find a property that's cheaper than a million in Toronto. So how do you set that kind of goal for yourself and then work backwards it all starts with i guess saving and self-discipline and and really creating a goal as you said from a young age and having that mindset (laughs) katie you know me so you know i'm a hippie yoga teacher who believes that mindset is everything hence the whole visualization intro that we just did but while we're on the topic of saving let me ask you when did you first start saving my dad always had control over my um, wealth and my uh, finances. He, you know, co-signed my bank account with me and would always take my birthday money or Christmas money and put it away into my savings. So I never really had full control. Um, but now that I'm older, I'm starting to realize Thank God for that, because I think as children or as young teenagers, we always want to splurge and buy, you know, the latest trends or the latest toys and not really have that um, end goal in mind and that saving mentality. So when did I start saving on my own? Um, I don't think I ever really started on my own, but when it became important to me is when I started university And I started to really think about where I wanted to be and where I wanted to go in the future and what my goals were. So that's when I became more appreciative of what my dad started for me at a young age. When did you start saving? Probably like most people. I think the first time I started saving was around the time I got my first job. (laughs) And for you guys, uh, one of the first jobs that I had, I was making minimum wage and wrapping shawarma sandwiches. And... um, I even had a hairnet, which is super embarrassing. But anyways, I realized that because I was making minimum wage, I think it was around $10 at the time, I could go out and get a meal at lunch. um, And that would cost me 
another $10. So basically an hour's worth of my labor, my income was going towards food. And so that's when I realized one way that I can minimize my expenses and take home more of my paycheck is just by avoiding eating out and packing a lunch when I come into work. Mm-hmm. You actually posted something today on Instagram about self-discipline that I found very interesting. And I was wondering if you wanted to share it with everyone. Yeah, for sure. So when it comes to being self-disciplined, the first thing is understanding what you're actually sacrificing. So you're always going to be sacrificing something when you're being disciplined. That's that's what self-discipline means. It means being strong enough to understand that what you want now is not as important as what you want in the future. Stanford actually did an awesome experiment to really highlight this principle. It's called the marshmallow experiment. So they gave kids the choice between having one marshmallow now, or if they waited, they could get two marshmallows at a later point, but it wasn't certain as to when they were actually going to get those two other marshmallows. And they wanted to see how many kids chose the one marshmallow now, instant gratification, versus waiting for double what they were originally expecting. The first step to mastering self-discipline is being honest with yourself and understanding that it's okay to call yourself out. In our capitalistic society, which is what we talked about in our last episode and some of the benefits and how to take advantage of the system, unfortunately, there are certain things that because of marketing, we we want. And it's a lot easier to say, you know, I really want this avocado toast. I don't really need it today, but I'm going to go out to, to this cafe and I'm going to spend $23 on this avocado toast when I have avocados and, and bread <laughs> and bread, right? So I can make one at home, but instead I'm going to go out because I just, I want that so bad. So self-discipline just means being honest with yourself. And sometimes it's okay to splurge, but call yourself out. So as you're about to leave the house to go get that avocado toast, call yourself out and be like, hey girl, you have avocados at home. What is you doing? Second piece that's really important to this is just surrounding yourself with people that are disciplined because truly the people that you surround yourself with, you begin to mold into. Yeah, I don't know if you've heard this before, but it's a pretty popular saying. And I think my dad said it to me a hundred times because he thinks friends are always important. He's like, you are a compilation or you are the image of your five closest friends. I actually wanted to bring out another point in your post. Um, One of the points was creating realistic goals for yourself, which I think is so important and something I lack sometimes. And maybe that's where I don't have that motivation. For example, you can't tell yourself you're never going to go out and buy an avocado toast or you're never going to go out and buy yourself something nice or splurge a little here, splurge a little there. It's going to happen. Um, but just being realistic and telling myself, telling yourself, not myself, but telling yourself, um, okay, you know what? I love to go out. I love to eat out. It's something that brings me happiness in life. It's what a lot of my friends are doing. I'm going to limit myself to once every two weeks or once a month or once every week, depending on how frequently you do it and how much you have saved up. Just be honest with yourself and go from there because if you're not honest with yourself you're setting yourself up for failure no you're you're definitely right there well what i'll say is you want to start with an unrealistic goal but those small steps in between those need to be realistic so the end goal that you're working towards it it does not need to be realistic it can be anything that you want it to be 
you can be whatever you set your mind to. You can achieve any goal you want to achieve. I think that's what Nika's getting at. Be a dreamer, dream big, have big goals, but um, you know, your little achievements, your little goals, such as saving this amount of money each month needs to be realistic. The other big piece of self-discipline is just to actually have a plan that you can execute on and follow it to a T. Because the minute that you have leeway and you give yourself leeway, you're going to take that leeway, you know? So if you know that you're going to want to go out for brunch three times a month, rather than doing that, that adds up, right? Like $25 per meal if you are trying to you know, reduce the amount of money that you spend eating out, plan ahead of time and just stock your fridge with with food that you're excited to eat. And that way you've, you've got a plan that you can execute on. Yeah. And the last point while we're on self-discipline is that some work is better than none. So 10 minutes of work is better than zero. You know, $100 saved is better than none. And just don't be too hard on yourself. At the end of the day, we're all human. We're all going to make mistakes. And it's sometimes it's okay to, to give yourself that leeway. But some work is always better than none. And that's that's the last point while we're on self-discipline. Okay, great. Yeah. So I think one of the points you talked about was to, at least what I got from it, was to live within your means. Um, and I think that's really important because a lot of us millennials, at least I see this amongst my friend group, amongst, you know, the people I went to school with, amongst the people I have on Instagram, is everyone is, for some reason, and maybe it's social media and Instagram and celebrities, but everyone is trying to prove they're not broke by spending all their money and by becoming broke. And I just find that the most absurd thing. Katie, I 100% agree with you. And something that I actually say all the time is don't buy a Chanel bag if you're only going to put $5 in it. One of the biggest problems we have in the world or within North America or Canada is the fact that a lot of Canadians today are so in debt, it's ridiculous. Um, We're going to get into that a little bit later, but um, something that everyone I think should do from a young age is to start budgeting. And let's not call it budgeting. Okay, let's call it financial mindfulness. Okay, financial mindfulness. There you go. Financial mindfulness. And something, you know, that I noticed when I was going to school was I was buying lunches more than necessary. If you have a European mom or whatever type of mom, I'm talking about European moms because I know how my mom is, they make dinner every night. So, and they make more than necessary. So you'll always have an opportunity to save on those little things where it's like packing a coffee, packing a lunch. And then if you really think about it and track it in your head, these lunches and these coffees and these little things really add up on a daily, a monthly, a yearly basis. So as long as you're mindful of these things and you put into perspective what, you know, you you need to spend your money on and things maybe you can cut back on, I think you're doing yourself a favor and putting, um, I guess, your best foot forward in that case. What do you think? Do you do you budget right now, Nika? Do you, are you mindful of your finances? Definitely mindful to say that I have a strict budget that I follow. I don't. Uh, I actually, so I bank with TD and they have an app or it's an extension that's built into their banking app called TD My Spend. And it tells me based on my credit card spent, 
where I am, if I'm in the green zone, if I'm in the red zone, and it's all based on my own spending habits. So like I look at that, you know, a couple of times a month just to make sure that I'm all set and and I look just to make sure that, you know, the money that's coming in is going to be able to actually cover my credit card bills because that's a whole problem. Um, but when I was in university, I, I was actually working throughout university to help pay for, you know, expenses, to help pay for exchange, things like that. Uh, my parents, bless them, were, were super generous and helped me pay for school. But I, I did have to budget when I was back in school. Um, when when Alex, my boyfriend, and I first moved in together, that was a huge shock because when you're living on your own and you're paying for everything, yeah. you start to realize how expensive it is to exist. And you don't even realize how many things you have to pay for when you move out on your own. You think, oh yeah, rent, groceries, good, I'm good, I got that covered. And then there's things like, oh, your heating isn't working if you own your own house or something. Oh, um, groceries are more than you thought they would be. Now you have to pay for stuff such as like toiletries. Yeah, cleaning expenses, eh? Like, you know, you think about laundry. Laundry detergent's expensive. Paper towel, right? We, we go through paper towel like every couple months. But so all of these small things start to add up and you, you want to start to be mindful of them. Things like Netflix, Spotify, all of these different subscriptions that we have, you, you've got to be mindful of them, right? Because they do add up. Um, one of my friends was looking into how much income he has coming in and, and all of his expenses. And what he made an Excel sheet you know, trying to track all of those different uh, subscriptions that he has. And, and what he realized is that he has 13 different subscriptions that charge him at different times throughout the month for various products. And, and those are, you know, fixed costs. Fixed costs meaning that every month you know that they're, they're going to be the same. Yeah, but fixed costs add up, like LinkedIn Premium, like you said, Netflix, Spotify, Apple Music, a gym membership. Oh, yeah. There's so many things that you don't even take into consideration that are there. If you are someone who has a hard time tracking their expenses and really knowing where everything goes, maybe it might be beneficial to create a spreadsheet and track your monthly income or your bi-weekly income if you get paid every two weeks and then tracking your expenses and looking at your credit card bills and seeing, okay, how much of this did I actually put towards necessary things such as groceries, rent, mortgage payments, and then how, how much of my income did I spend on unnecessary items such as going to the movies, spending like $300 at Sephora, stuff like that. Um, I think you're going to be really surprised as to how much money you actually spend on things that you don't need. Um, it's, it's a good exercise to do just to have an understanding of what your spending habits are like and, and do it from a place of non-judgment. So just sit down. I know it can feel a little icky, right, for lack of a better word, but open up a Google Doc or an Excel sheet and on one side, name what the expense was and just go through it one month at a time. So do it for last month, find some time to sit down and just write down all of the different categories and group them in. And again, come from a place of non-judgment because you've already spent that money. So there's no point in feeling bad about it. You've enjoyed it, you know, think about what you're going to do to move forward. I just want to make it clear that you can still have fun, go out, and ball on a budget. You just have to be mindful of 
where you're spending and try to maximize what you're getting out of it. So one thing that Katie and I always love to do is we'll look up happy hours and where different happy hours are in the city if we want to go out and grab a drink. So that way we're spending, you know, $5 on a glass of wine instead of 15 Or we'll get an app that usually costs $6 instead of 26 you know? So there's a lot of opportunities, especially in big city centers, to take advantage of things like happy hours and different promos and discounts. Um, a lot of restaurants do Wine Wednesdays where you can get a bottle of wine for 50% off. And actually, Katie and I have a friend who did an amazing job of this, like throughout her entire university degree and even as an adult. Um, she's just incredible when it comes to mindful spending. I'm about to blow your mind right now. This friend who Nika brought up is someone who paid off approximately $45,000 worth of student debt within a year and a half of graduating. That's insane. Which is absolutely mind-blowing and which makes us even more crazy and insane is the fact that this person always came out with us. Never... I think, deprived herself of, I guess, what everyone else was doing. So, for example, when we had our birthdays or we had our girls' nights and we went out and we had dinner or drinks, she would come out with us and she would get dinner and get drinks and have a great time. And so once I found out that she paid all this debt off within a short period of time, I asked her, how did you do it? And she really broke it down for me. And she's like, listen, Katie, when we go out to certain restaurants, I don't order the most expensive thing on the menu. Or sometimes I will eat before and just grab a drink or two. So after she was explaining to me all these techniques of what she did, I was like, wow, I didn't even realize there's more mindful ways of going out, having a great time and not breaking your bank. So as Nika mentioned, Happy hours are my go-to. So happy hours are a great way like we talked about, but also setting expectations with your friends. Explaining to your your core group of friends that you go out with all the time, look guys, these are my financial goals, which we talked about in the beginning of the podcast, really understanding what you ultimately want out of life and having your friends understand. You know, it, it doesn't mean you can't have a good time. Absolutely not. Go out, have a good time. You have one life, one opportunity to enjoy it to the fullest, but also understand that you have goals and sometimes it's important to be disciplined. I also want to just add that I don't think you necessarily need to tell your friends about your finances and your finance goals if you are more of a private person, even though there's nothing to be embarrassed about and you know, more open transparency and communication leads to better outcomes a lot more of the time. But you don't need to necessarily tell people you're on a budget or you have debt or expenses. One of the last things that we're going to talk about that is so critical to how to stop being a broke millennial is understanding what money is coming in and out of your account, but also setting up systems that automate how much money you're putting into different savings accounts. So Katie and I are going to go into this a little bit more in detail when we have some great guests that work in the financial services industry come on. Um, This is going to be later on, let's say, six to eight episodes down the road, so stay tuned, guys. But where we'll start is understanding 
what kind of accounts are available to you in the financial services sector. So primarily, most people have a debit card, right? Debit cards um, or debit accounts are used for money that's coming in. So for example, your employer pays you, that money comes into your debit account. That money, when it just sits there and you're not using it, it doesn't accumulate interest. And there's something called inflation, which is, is an economic principle, basically means that the cost of goods and the cost of things, they grow usually by around 1% to 2% a year. So sometimes, especially right now with COVID going on, it's been really noticeable, like inflation has definitely increased because the government is printing more money. But you'll notice that when you go to the grocery store, the cost of goods right now, like even a loaf of bread or, um, I don't know, a six-pack of eggs, now, today, it costs a little bit more than it did last year. And the reason why is inflation. So when you have money that just sits in your account, if it's in a checking account or that's associated usually with a debit card, that money does not grow. And the rate of inflation means that your money is worth less and less every year. So essentially, you could be losing 2% year over year. And that's something that in finance we call the time value of money. But basically, you want to get ahead of inflation. If your money is just sitting in a debit account, you are doing something wrong. You always want to be growing your money. And that's something that Katie and I are going to go into so much depth on but where you start growing your money is having the right accounts open and I'll let Katie speak to what those two different kinds of accounts are. The TFSA also known as the tax-free savings account is a registered account that allows you not only to hold your cash savings but also equities which are stocks, bonds, mutual funds, ETFs, GICs, etc. And inside a TFSA, all your investments grow tax-free and the income you make is sheltered from tax. For example, let's say you bought a TD share for $50 and then you sold it for $70 inside your TFSA. The $20 capital gain, which is the profit that you made from that share, would not be taxed. Similarly, all dividends you get from your stocks or your shares in your TFSA also won't be taxed. Katie, what's a dividend? A dividend is a portion of the company's profits that they pay out to their shareholders. So for each share that you own of a company, you get a dividend, which is a tiny piece of their earnings. It's almost like a thank you for holding our shares and being a owner of our company. Do all stocks pay dividends? <laughs> no, not all stocks pay dividends. Um, growth stocks tend to not pay dividends. So those are the companies like Facebook, Shopify, Amazon. We have more blue chip, which are more established um, companies that have more stable earnings that pay dividends, such as the banks, for example, TD, Scotiabank. And then we have more hybrid stocks, which are both focused on growth, but are also very mature stocks, such as Apple. The other registered account that I brought up is the RRSP, also known as the Registered Retirement Savings Plan. And all contributions that you make 
to this account are tax deductible. So with the cash in your RRSP account, you can also purchase any investments such as, again, stocks, bonds, ETFs, etc. Any amount you have in your RRSP reduces your net income for tax purposes. So for every dollar you contribute to your RRSP, $1 gets taken off your taxable income for the year in which you made that contribution, effectively lowering the amount of tax you have to pay that year, bringing you a lower tax bill or a greater refund. So guys, come January, February, this is going to be really critical information and we'll definitely do a recap session. Katie being a professional accountant is going to be so much value uh, when it comes to tax season. But what you should remember from this podcast is there's two different kinds of accounts, the TFSA and the RSP, which you can invest in and why they're beneficial is they grow your money so that it's not just sitting in a checking account. We want to get you to a place where your money is working for you. And there are different levels of financial wealth, which we talk about. But you want to get to a place where you're making passive income, where you have multiple paydays throughout the year and your money is growing and you are sleeping. If you can make money while you're sleeping, you're doing something right. Katie, I think the most important question that our listeners are going to have is how do I even open a TFSA or an RRSP? Opening up a TFSA or an RRSP is extremely easy to do. So don't worry. You need to contact your bank or download an app from one of these discount brokerage firms such as Wealthsimple or Questrade. It's quite simple to do. You can even open up multiple TFSAs. I don't recommend doing that because it might be a little hard to keep track of and keep track of your total contributions that way. But it's, again, it's an easy process. If you are having troubles with it, just contact your bank or institution or contact Questrade or Wealthsimple. They have pretty good customer service and you could even call them and they can walk you through it. I love Wealthsimple just because they don't have any transaction fees when you purchase or sell stocks. But the only thing I will say about Wealthsimple is that they don't have penny stocks or less well-known stocks on their platform for you to invest in because they don't encourage trading, they encourage more long-term investing. So if you are someone who likes to purchase penny stocks or lesser known stocks, maybe Wealthsimple isn't the platform for you. And guys, we're going to do a whole episode on different kinds of investing strategies when it comes to the stock market. So if you're listening to this and like, oh my, thinking, oh my God, I don't know where to start. I've never bought a stock. What is the stock market even? Don't worry, we got you guys. This is more so an introduction to different kinds of accounts and just the absolute necessities. So to sum up everything that we talked about today, guys, make sure that you are spending below your means you're living below your means that means don't buy a chanel bag if you're gonna put only five dollars in it that means don't flex and show off when you don't need to Um, that means be conscious with your spending and know what money you have coming in and coming out every month and start thinking about budgeting 
but it's important to understand what money you have coming in and coming out. And most importantly, pay off your debt where you can, as much as you can. This includes credit card debt, student debt, anything with higher interest rates is crucial to pay off first. And ultimately, invest. Get ahead of that inflation. Have your money work for you. Make money while you sleep. I love passive income, and we're going to get into how to create passive income for yourself in later episodes. So yes, if there's anything that you need to take away from today's episode is that all of this is achievable, but you just need to start. Start in small steps. Start with paying off your debt. Start with budgeting. Whatever place you are in life, there is a game plan that you can put together and just start. No dream is too big, guys. If you think back to the start of this episode and where you were reflecting and thinking about your financial goals and what situation you want to be in, that's fully attainable and it's up to you to achieve. And we're going to help you work backwards to target those goals. You need to have the right accounts in place. You need to be in control and disciplined when it comes to your spending. And you need to have the right mindset about money. Thanks so much for listening, guys. We love hearing your feedback and any questions that you have. If you have ideas for new guests or presenters that you want us to have on the podcast, shoot us an email at media at misfindependent.com. It means the world to us when you give us feedback and help support the podcast. So we would really appreciate it if you were to take two minutes out of your day and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you guys listen. Thank you guys. And until next time, take care.